1: This is The Rich Eisen Show. Urban Meyer is giving Tim Tebow a shot. What if he comes out and he actually starts balling out? Live from The
0: Rich Eisen show studio in Los Angeles.
1: Romani Jones, what is your two cents on the subject of Tebow getting a shot?
2: I just thought it was really stupid of Meyer. The
0: Rich Eisen Show. This dude couldn't play when he was playing. playing. Today's gasps. Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach. ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins, plus from All Elite Wrestling, Chris Jericho. And now, it's Rich Eisen.
1: All righty then, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host, Rich Eisen. Good to see Chris Brockman over in his chair. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good 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 to to see see you,
3: Rich. (laughs) Uh,
1: Good to see Mr. Feller as Mike Del Tufo still at uh, SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. Taking pictures of his, By the way, of his seats <laughs> and where they are. And, undisclosed and the location. And... He tweeted out undisclosed location. Mike, we know where you are. Oh, my gosh. Good to see you, TJ Jefferson, in your seat. Good to see you. Over Good morning, there, Rich. bud. How you doing, man? I am doing well. Uh, hey, everybody. Happy NFL schedule release leak date. <laughs> <laughs> you still having a show tonight? Uh, yeah, we're having a show tonight. <laughs> 8 Eastern time on NFL Network. Tune in to see the schedule with as many uh, (laughs) leaks in it as the Titanic. (laughs) Can't wait. We are excited. The the game day morning gang is getting back together. It's me, Mooch, Irv, Kurt in person in SoFi Stadium at Hollywood Park where Super Bowl 56 is going down. Yes. That is happening tonight. Colleen Wolf will be at SoFi Stadium with us as well. She will also uh, be interviewing folks. I'll be interviewing folks. I'll be interviewing Buck, Al, and uh, Jim Nance all together. Wow. That'll be tonight, 8 Eastern time. I'm also uh, going to be interviewing Big Bag of Leaves, Steve Levy. Get out of town, and I mean it. Monday Night Football, <laughs> his season two in the chair. I'll interview him. Robert Sala of the Jets is on tomorrow, but I'm going to get to interview him tonight. Oh. Matt Nagy was on the show last week. I'm interviewing him tonight. Matthew Stafford. On the show tonight, eight Eastern Time, NFL Network. Everything you already don't know about the schedule will be revealed. <laughs> that is the worst tease of all time.
4: <laughs> Big things popping.
1: But anyway, I don't know what what's out there. I've not received the schedule yet. I don't get it until after we're off the air here. Oh, okay. um, and then uh, I'll be heading up to SoFi Stadium for 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 the back end of this uh, two a day. Back end of the two a day. And I I remember this, man. I remember when uh, the idea was hatched a long time ago. I don't remember when. I'm assuming it was 2004, our first full calendar year on the air on NFL Network. We came on the air week 11, 2003, November 4th, 2003. Week 11 of the 2003 season. Came on in the middle of uh, an NFL playing season and started talking football. And then we had that uh, commercial on uh, on Super uh, during the Super Bowl right after halftime uh, of uh, Patriots in Carolina um, in Houston. And that commercial where Parcells and Jerry Jones and Warren Sapp and Terrell Owens were all singing tomorrow from Annie wow. because <laughs> the concept was starting tomorrow. Everybody's O again. But NFL Network is on the air. Right. That's the. I love that commercial. What a great concept! Saying we're here 365 days a year, and everybody's O and O after the Super Bowl. It was an outstanding commercial, and nobody saw it because it aired literally five seconds after Janet Jackson got exposed by Justin Timberlake. <laughs> nobody saw it. Our commercial NFL Network's first commercial ever came seconds after what was at the time the most rewound moment in TiVo history. Nobody kept going. Nobody kept watching live. Everybody's like, what the hell was that? I Wait remember I got a, I remember I got a text on my Blackberry. <laughs> Wait, did I just see what I saw? That's, That's what I got. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> at any rate. It was probably 2004 because we were trying to come up with as much as what we could come up with to show that we were somebody else than than you've ever seen before. We were something different. We were talking football every single day of the year, and everything was content. Every last thing was content, and we came up with the idea, let's have A schedule release show. Yes, we already know who plays who. We already know who plays who where. We just don't know the when and on what channel and the order of it. And that is actually important when you actually get into playing in the games. So why not actually get everybody's appetite whetted in the spring? Let's talk football when people aren't talking football. That's what NFL Network's about. And people laughed. I got texts and emails from friends saying, what are you doing over there? Is everything okay? Oh, my God. The blog posts. Again, this is 2004. Mm -hmm. The blog posts that we got before Twitter. If Twitter was around, oh, my gosh, the trolling would have been, well, similar to what happens today. But you get the idea. (laughs) Oh, what are you doing? You're just making stuff up over there. And I can't believe what I saw today. Every network partner of the National Football League – ESPN slash ABC Disney, CBS, NBC, and Fox all having a personality from their NFL coverage appear on a network morning show to reveal their portion of the first week of the schedule. Amazing. (laughs) Good morning, America, Fox and Friends, The Today Show, and CBS This Morning all had a small little version of an NFL schedule release show. So the moral of the story is, if you have a good idea, stick to it. 17 years later, people will start catching on. (laughs) That's a good note. 17 years later, morning (laughs) shows are stopping what they're talking about. What else is there to talk about? Gas shortage, war in the Middle East, covid Capitol Hills taking a look at January 6th again. Now let's pause and talk about week one of the NFL schedule. I can't believe it. Because it is exciting. It is exciting. And we just had the draft two weeks ago. And now here comes a playing season. And week one starts I Told you so. It doesn't start with... uh, Maybe it will start with me saying I told you so. But I told you. You did. I told you. Look, it's an educated guess. Most people could have taken that educated guess anyway. I know my league, and sometimes they will sometimes take a piece of filet mignon like a marquee football game and place it aside and say, let's do it later in the season. But this day and age, even the National Football League has to come out with its best foot forward. Post-pandemic... Watching habits are all over the map. All over the map. So it makes sense. Tom Brady, who will have just turned about a month and what would that be? Four days beforehand, will have turned 44 years of age. And raising a banner in Tampa in what I'm assuming will be a full stadium, And who is there to kick it off on NBC as I thought the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott back watching all of that pomp and circumstance that the Cowboys have not seen themselves since 1995 or 96 if you want to count the year where they hoisted their banner. Cannot wait. What an amazing game to kick it all off Al and Chris and – Michelle Tafoya and the Football Night in America gang. Drew Brees' first stint as an in on-air, in-studio analyst. He'll probably be in that stadium where last time he was in that stadium, he boat-raced the Buccaneers yeah. in front of Alan, Chris and the rest of the gang. But we all know the Bucs sent him into retirement and to that set. Can't wait rest of the week one schedule put it up Don Bowie we saw it all revealed across morning shows today Steelers and Bills how you like that them apples that is a fat piece of regional football right there national on CBS it's part of that early window of 9 games 5 on CBS 4 on Fox Bills Hosting the Steelers a full stadium, we're assuming in New York State, Western New York as well, and the Steelers fans traveling straight up. I mean, that is that you cannot find a closer football team other than the Bills to Western New York than than Pittsburgh, Western PA, as you know, TJ Jefferson. That is a straight shot right up. Yes, it is. And that is gonna be amazing. Hey, Jet fans, Zach Wilson. The NFL did did you didn't do us any favors, did we? <laughs> Sam Darnold right out of the gate versus Zach Wilson. Why wait? Why wait? Says the NFL. Why wait? Zach Wilson's first game. Robert Sala's first game is the HC of the NYJ. Let's see what Sam Darnold looks like in Carolina blue. Oh, boy. Oh, man. And it's amazing. Also, at 1 p.m. Eastern Um is San Francisco and the Lions, and the first Sunday night football game of the year is Bears at Rams. And the reason why I picked those two out is Jared Goff will not be allowed to quit the NFC West just yet, <laughs> and Matthew Stafford will not be allowed to quit the NFC North just yet. He's probably saying, really, the Bears and Khalil Mack? I thought I got away from them. <laughs> right out of the gate, you're in Los oh, Angeles? No. The NFL says no. No, we want to have the first Sunday night game of the year in the home of the Super Bowl, which NBC is going to be covering in SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. First one with fans won't be the first SoFi football event with fans. That would be Run Rich Run (laughs) 2021 FYI. True that. Bears at Rams. Great Sunday night game. And then Goff. Here comes San Francisco 49ers and maybe Trey Lance, Jimmy G. The late window games on CBS and Fox. Let's hit it. Browns and Chiefs. We've got Brett Veach, the general manager of the Chiefs, calling in in eight and a half minutes' time to talk about this and many other Chief-related items. Also, Dolphins and Patriots kicking it off together, huh? Love it. Tua V-Cam or... Yes, Tua V-Cam. Tua V-Mac. Nah. Could it be the Battle of Alabama Quarterbacks in... Gillette. Oh, baby. Tua versus Mac. Can Nick Saban flip the coin ceremonially for that one? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the one on Fox. The roll of the dice. The roll of the dice. That wasn't a roll of the dice when they put this thing together. This thing being the 2021 NFL schedule. And this thing, this 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 caper has been cultivated to use a goodfellas phrase. <laughs> this is like the Lufthansa heist on steroids. <laughs> Just a... 21 picograms. But anyway, long story short, when this schedule got put together, Green Bay at Saints was definitely in the mind's eye of the National Football League, Aaron Rodgers versus Jameis and or Taysom Hill. Hey, Packers, you want to be relevant? You want to be good? Look at that schedule. Think how it looks with Jordan Love as your quarterback with no first-year experience of which to speak, no off-season last year, none, nothing. Your guy didn't even dress Didn't even dress your 425 appearances and uh, late window on Fox with Troy and Joe and Aaron Andrews and the Fox gang going, sending it coast to coast. Poof, those go without your guy. You'll watch everything get flexed out fast. Unless, of course, Jordan Love is the next Mahomes and we'll ask, you know, Brett Veach how his actual Mahomes is doing. So there's that. Jordan Love versus Jameis? Jordan Love at Taysom Hill? What used to be Rogers versus Breeze? Book it. Different world. And then the Monday night football game is Baltimore at the Las Vegas Raiders. First game in the Death Star on the south end of the Vegas Strip with fans. And uh, a nightclub. Mm-hmm. That I can't wait to ask Mike Mayock about when he joins us on tomorrow's program. Make a programming note about that. Mike's bottle service. Can't wait to talk about that. Did he have any say in that? I wonder. <laughs> no. No. He generally manages. That's not, he, 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 that, oh, That's damn. a little too general. That's outside a little, of a the general. Too general. A little um, too general. More than general. That's specific. <laughs> that's specifically managing. Ravens at. Raiders, love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And in case everybody's wondering where what happened to that Monday night doubleheader for week one that we love so much. Don't forget the week one doubleheader was created by the fact that the NFL didn't want the hanging chat of their schedule being a Monday night football game week 17 that was planned months in advance only to turn out to be highly irrelevant. As the finish to a playing season that they wanted to come to a head on a Sunday, so they told ESPN, "You're out. You're you're off on Monday nights on week 17. We'll just give you that extra 16th game on a doubleheader on Monday night, week one." But now that there's 17 regular season games, ESPN doesn't have to have that doubleheader on that Monday oh, night. And, there's now and 16 there's flex
0: Monday night games now. Well, look out. So. Look out! Let's go.
1: Which one do you think's gonna get flexed out, Chris? On the Monday night, I haven't
0: looked at the. We'll find full out because that
1: hasn't been leaked yet. Hey, at least we got <laughs> something leaked. to look forward to tonight at eight Eastern time, <laughs> on NFL Network. So that's all set up for you. Kendrick Perkins is on this program. He tweeted out last night how he loved the old-school defensive nature, the bruising nice. nature of a Knicks-Lakers game that went to overtime. Knicks with Spike Lee in attendance thought they could clinch their first playoff spot since Spike first put uh, Do the Right Thing in theaters near you. I might be over-exaggerating.
0: <laughs> Close. Maybe
1: but bit. Perk will be joining us, co-host of ESPN's Hoop Streams, and you see him obviously on the jump quite a bit. Can't wait to talk about... What's going on in the NBA with less than a week to go? Steph Curry is truly a remarkable wonder as the Warriors beat the Suns last night. And they're now four games over 500 and absolutely the team that you don't want to face in a one game, seven versus eight seeding to avoid that maybe one game elimination contest that appears the Lakers are staring at right down the pike. Right down the throat. And the Mavericks are sitting right there on the Razor's edge. They play tonight. Blazers have won, Blazers have won four in a row. It's tight. Nobody wants to play tight in that playing tonight. tournament tight. against the Warriors. You do not want a piece of Steph Curry right now. James Harden comes back tonight for the Brooklyn Nets. Hey. Lots to talk about with Perk. LeBron's back tonight, too. Uh-huh. See that. Chris Jericho will join us. He is the uh, host and voice of Vice TV's Dark Side of the Ring. Cannot wait to ask him about fellow con employee to be Tim Tebow Mm -hmm. and what Tim's character in the all-elite wrestling will be when they're wrestling by the pool in Duval (laughs) County. (laughs) Cannot wait. So there's all of that. Let's take a break. Brett Veach of the Kansas City Chiefs front office is gonna be up next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.
3: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA.
1: Where did the nickname Showtime come from?
4: Uh, it was my godfather, Latroy Hawkins. Him and my dad, but really him, every, they, they would watch me play and I would make the dive and plays and stuff like that in baseball. And they said it, it, that I was always, it was Showtime when I was on the field. And so they always used to call me Showtime, especially my godfather, Latroy.
1: Latroy Hawkins, that is a name I have not heard in a while.
4: Yeah, it, yeah. That's
1: a Minnesota Twins connection with your dad, right?
4: Yes, pretty yes, much. Sir. Right? He, uh, he came up a little bit after my dad, and my dad kind of took him under his wing, I think. And then Latroy ended up having a great career where he played, I think, 21 years in the big leagues. I mean, he played forever, it seemed like. And uh, he, I've, I've stayed in touch with him forever. He still comes to a lot of my games, even now. And uh, he, he's been someone that uh, has been a great, another great
1: mentor for me. Okay, Patrick. Um, look, I appreciate you calling in here greatly. And I appreciate the text exchange that I had with you the other day, <laughs> where you were gentle in rejecting my suggestion to give you a new nickname. Of the patrol, I really appreciate that,
4: Patrick. <laughs> it was, it was a good idea. I, mean, I just kind of was playing down the nicknames as much as possible as I uh, at that point. So it's
1: okay, great. So you're saying, you're <laughs> saying, Whatever works for you. No, 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 hold on a second. You, <laughs> you're saying that it's not a judgment on the actual creativity of the nickname. It's just you attempting to be humble, tamping down any of the accolades right now because you're focused on winning. Is that what you're saying?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, just for me in general, I mean, it's it's all about the football. It's all about the team. And so I know that the nicknames are a cool thing to do with the uh, social media and everything that's around right now. But uh, for me, it's all about just being a, a teammate and someone that's just a part of this organization and a part of a team that wants to win. So if you had an ego, let's just let's just, again, let's put it in a box here. You have
1: an ego. You don't care about being humble at all. You're just you're just pounding your chest.
4: Nickname of the patrol. Do you like it? <laughs> be uh, honest. Be honest. I don't know. I've had so, there's been so many nicknames that came out lately, and uh, I'm just gonna kind of keep it at just Patrick right now.
1: You're being polite. I like it. <laughs>
4: uh, you being? Yeah, thank you though. I appreciate
1: it. That was fun with uh, Patrick Mo. Hey man, I tried, um, and I failed miserably once again. I'm gonna give up that ghost. <laughs> I'm gonna give up that ghost. Until someone else, I will just say, I will just say say to all the Pats and Mats of the world, I'm waiting for you. Show up, shine out, and see if you deserve it. PeacockTV.com for those streaming on Peacock right now, and you want to see a desktop. YouTube.com/slash Rich and Show is the way to go through our entire archive. Right here uh, and the soon-to-be seven-year anniversary of the show coming up this fall, back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four. rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Brett Veach, the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, calling in uh, shortly here. And I can't tell you how I, I love that it's going to be. I'm assuming Nance and Romo will be in Kansas City and Buck and Aikman will be in New Orleans and they'll just, go head to head with two that's dynamite fun. week 1 games. Yeah. Normally, you know, there's a late window uh game that's going to get the most attention and um and then they'll stay away from it, but hey, I mean, CBS wants wants to have a late they used to it used to be a simple fix in that regard because the first Sunday of the of the NFL season used to be the US Open men's final in tennis. And so CBS is like, we'll take the tennis final, and you can give the uh, major NFL event to the other partner, and we'll go back and forth after that. But as you know, the U.S. Open's men's tennis final—that's uh, long gone from CBS, and I can't believe there used to be a time where a network's like, "Yeah, we'll take that tennis final instead of Week One uh, NFL." Uh, uh. That happened.
0: U.S. Open was. Well, a I mean, big when deal. Agassi
1: and Sampras are going at it, I mean, right, people were right, tuned right. in. Yeah. Yep. But when it's, uh, you know, Del Potro versus, you know, I shouldn't even go in there. <laughs> I do love tennis. Yeah. So, you know, put it all together, and that's going to be a great afternoon with Saints, Packers. You know, Taysom Hill versus uh, Jordan, love. Uh, Jordan Love is going to be of interest.
4: Jameis Winston, right yeah, Winston. And then,
1: yeah, Jameis Winston. And then you've got the Browns and the Chiefs. And what a what a high wire act it's gonna be. One of those teams is gonna be 0-1, and, and the rest of the NFL world is gonna be wondering are they for real or not, and all that garbage that we always talk about between one Every week and the week. next. I know it's gonna be great. Then there's sixteen more regular season weeks after all of that. But what an assignment for the Browns and then the Chiefs too. That was a Donny Brook of a playoff game between the Browns and the Chiefs and the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Brett Veach back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Brett?
2: Rich, I'm doing great. How you do, How you guys
1: doing? Uh, we're doing fine. We are doing fine. Um, so what do you think of that opener, Chiefs V. Well, Browns? That's,
2: uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough one coming right out of the gate. Uh, certainly we had our hands full with them in, in the playoffs, and um, they've done a great job in regards to their offseason and adding, adding talent to their secondary. and. Um, look, they're going to be a tough game. We're, we're certainly excited to, to get this thing kicked off. Hopefully, we have a full capacity crowd there and, and capitalizing that home field advantage.
1: And do you have the schedule yet? Do you have it? You can tell me. You know, I'm not going to pry because <laughs> you know I'm the host of that show. I don't even have it yet. They they don't even trust me, and I'm a vault. I'm like a Seinfeld well, vault. Yeah. Do you have it yet? Do you know? it? So
2: I do. Okay. but you know how this works. <laughs> they they give you the email. Um, with about 30 warnings that if you leak it, <laughs> there'll be serious uh, ramifications. So what? I can't say this though. There, there's only three people I think that have the schedule in our department. That would be myself, Coach Reed, um, and Eric Stone Street. So <laughs> what, you can do, what you can do, at least protect me a little bit here, sure. so I don't get in trouble. Um, any information you need, Chiefs-related, just just give Eric a text, and, and that way. We'll keep it clean.
1: I don't know, Brett. Who Eric would be more uh, concerned about alienating by leaking it? You and the Chiefs organization, or his BFF RG1, Roger Goodell? I don't know. I think he's going to. I think he's going to sit on this information, Brett. I'll be honest with I, you. I, I,
2: I think he got the schedule before I did. Uh, you know, we were talking about week one. He's like, yeah, I knew weeks ago. So I think he's, he's ahead of me in regards to RG1's uh, priority list.
1: So who should I ask, him or you? Uh, when's that game against Jordan Love and the Packers, Brett? <laughs> when's that one?
2: Oh, listen, like I said, Eric has that type of information, okay. and um, I'm sure he'll be happy to share it with you.
1: Oh man! But that is so. I, I look because we, we all know what the Browns did last year, and they added Clowney to the mix on the defensive line. That will be quite the first test for your revamped offensive line, I would say for sure. Walk me through your um, your timeline here on rebuilding your offensive line, and um, and and uh, we we were all we all saw the Super Bowl, and and we were all talking about it. I'm wondering if it hits you in the same way, clearly.
2: Yeah, well, I think it, it was kind of one of those situations where I, when we start to meet as the staff in, in October, November, just looking ahead to free agency and, and roster construction in the future, certainly the offensive line was, was on the forefront um, in regards to our agenda and what we wanted to get accomplished. Now, um, during that time, we proceeded to lose our starting right tackle Mitch Schwartz and then in the AFC Championship game our left tackle Eric Fisher. So I would say that the offensive line was uh, already at the forefront uh, of what we wanted to get done but that certain that, that plan certainly got expedited um, and, and it got put in a high gear once um, we were kind of uh, made aware that you know these uh, you know we'll see what happens with M- Mitch Schwartz and, and and his return and I, I know Eric just fine with the Colts but um, you know, both those guys um, hadn't played a bunch of, of snaps in the league, and and just wanting to continue to build youth and depth on on our roster was was something that we were um, going in that direction anyway. So it, it just got kind of put in ultra gear there, and and you know, it was it's always dangerous when you go into free agency. Uh, we were fortunate enough to, to knock out a great interior player in Joe Tooney right off the bat. Um, exercise a little patience, and the Orlando Brown thing worked out, and then you know, then once you're not really going out there trying to assemble a roster by need and you're letting value and players come to you i feel like everything else just kind of fell in place in regards to adding young players like creed humphrey and trey smith in the draft so
1: um let's let me pull on that string a little bit on orlando brown where you said uh having you know patience paying off a little bit what what do you mean by that just knocking on the door of the ravens and and um, what do you mean by that
2: well, I think when you go into free agency, you know we had a plan and and we wanted to certainly add an interior player and and, and a tackle and, and I, as I mentioned, we we cranked out Joe Tooney right off the bat and we um, we were kind of in on Trent Williams a little bit and he decided to stay in San Francisco and then after that, I mean there's many different avenues you can pursue and there were some other players available, but I think when we looked at our roster and looking at the draft and trying to you know marry the two. Um, pools of, of players, you know, we weren't really extremely driven by what else was out there on the free agent side. Um, we kind of did our homework in the draft and talked about moving up and, and acquiring, you know, maybe moving down and acquiring more assets and, and acquiring more than one tackle and we kind of just we're patient and I don't think we panicked and just signed the next tackle on the board. We just were we're looking for a specific criteria and we really just wanted a legitimate starting left tackle so um, whether we had to move up in the draft or or just be patient and see how things play out with other players was the direction we decided to go in and a few weeks later as we got closer to the draft um, conversations with Baltimore started to pick up and we were able to pull that trade off so um, you know, it was one of those deals where we had a plan and we executed part one of the plan and, and we just had to be patient and wait. And, and fortunately for us, Orlando became available and we were able to, um, you know, to finalize a deal with him and get him here. So we're extremely excited about that. Yeah,
1: the reason why I asked about the, the, your, your patience remark, uh, Brett, is because I, I was wondering, because we, we did have John Harbaugh on the show before the draft, and I asked him if he was if there was any hesitancy on the Ravens side of, of, you know, trading a player who clearly wanted to be a left tackle and wanted out because of that, because of Ronnie Stanley there. And if there was any hesitancy with trading with the team that's won the the conference the last two years, and he said no because the the deal was right, but I'm wondering if if there was any hesitancy that you noticed until you had to actually make the deal right for the Ravens from your
2: perspective. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, possibly. You know, those trades are always – tricky um, just because it, the market is select. It, you know, Obviously, Orlando's a great tackle. Um, it was made clear early on after the offseason began that he wanted to play left tackle. I think that they had a unique relationship in regards to Orlando and his family history with that organization, so I truly believe it was a situation where they were wanting best of both parties. But when you look at the landscape of the NFL and you have a, a great player who wants to play left tackle, you're going to have a certain amount of teams that already have really good left tackles, and then you're going to have a certain amount of teams that are picking high in the draft, and they may want to just draft one early to get five years of contractual control. So it kind of narrows the pool when you're trying to do something like this. It's not like you have 32 teams just um, having an opening and uh, cap space and what have you. So I think we got a little lucky. Um, I don't think it was their desire to trade them to the Chiefs. I think it just worked out where it made sense for both parties.
1: Kansas City Chiefs GM Brett Veach here on the Rich Eisen Show. How is Patrick Mahomes and his foot? How is he right now?
2: He's doing good, and it's typical with Patrick. We're going to have to protect Patrick versus himself because he's already. I spoke to him a few days ago, and he's he's ahead of schedule. And, and um, look, he's going to do some stuff at these OTAs. It won't be um, full dropbacks and rollouts, but he'll he'll do some stuff. I spoke with Rick Burkholder, our trainer. You know, we have our rookies in this week, so we're super excited about getting our coaches with them and actually getting some field work with them. But when I spoke to, to Rick and to Coach about, you know, teams always bring in some extra quarterback arms for camp, and, you know, our, our trainer said to me, he's like, know, Pat's going to do some stuff this, this OTA, uh, these phases during the OTAs. Now, we're not going to be crazy with him. We'll be super smart, but he's ahead of schedule, and we'll probably get a little taste of, of him back in action, very light during the OTAs, but I expect him to be full goal for training camp. When's
1: the, well, when's the first time you laid eyes on him? And give me a good story about when you realized he was special, different first time but.
2: oh well shoot um so I think I uh, told the story a couple times but uh, I mean uh, it was way back in the day so when Patrick before he even declared I think every summer and spring NFL personnel departments get their list of of you know seniors to watch from uh, our scouting system and our program so we were just kind of going through the exercises and at the time, I believe I was looking at offensive alignment prospects, and Texas Tech had a, had a prospect that was draft eligible the following year, and you know, during May and June, just kind of peeking at this left tackle prospect, and all of a sudden, this sophomore quarterback was just ripping stuff up, up and down the field, and every game you're watching, I quickly realized that I wasn't watching the guy I was supposed to be watching, which was the left tackle prospect, I was watching the sophomore quarterback. Then you start Googling and and researching and where the kid's from and and what he did the year before. Got a couple of logs, starts uh, as a freshman. And then um, as you quickly start watching more and more tape, you get to this bowl game. I think he played LSU his sophomore year and single handedly kept the team in the game. And they were completely outmatched in regards to talent on both sides of the football. But uh, he was just cutting it loose and doing what he does now on Sundays. And, And it was one of those deals where. Um, I don't know if it was later that day or the next day, Coach had happened to walk by the office and I joked with him, I said, hey, here's the next quarterback of the Chiefs, and we look back and laugh at it now, but uh, yeah, it was really one of those accidental exercises where you're watching somebody else and and this sophomore quarterback uh, from Texas Tech kind of draws your attention and you just kind of get fascinated by the things you can do on the field, and uh, fortunately for us it it worked out, and we got him here, and we surrounded him with a lot of talent and some great coaches, and it's been uh, all uphill ever since.
1: No question, no doubt about. It. I mean, dream come true. And Brett, you're you're a perfect person to ask this question to here because uh, the all throughout the pre-draft and of course the post-draft after the season was over too, the conversation begins about how do you build a team around a quarterback in the NFL? Or how do you build a championship team in the NFL? Do you add a quarterback who's a veteran? And certainly now that we've had 10 years of the new way of doing things since the two collective bargain agreements ago blew up the way that you paid rookies, right? And then you 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 had to make a determination on a first-round rookie with a fifth-year pickup and things of that nature. That you, you want to win a Super Bowl in the first iteration of a player's contract because you can pay other people because they're somewhat affordable before you have to decide to give them the monster contract. And 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 then so we've seen a team do that with a player and then we've seen them also pick up a fifth year option of somebody and then kind of lament that after giving a nine-figure deal to somebody. We've seen Wentz traded, we've seen Goff traded, we've seen, you know, uh Brady uh being picked up and we saw obviously what Tampa was able to do. You see what's going on in Green Bay with what aaron Rodgers is hoping to have built around him you're the only team that was able to win with the guy in the first year first iteration of a contract and be absolutely fully confident that the next contract with nine figures on it is just all good how do you think nfl teams are going to look at building a team around a quarterback are they going to draft one and stick with them are they going to eventually draft one and then trade them out to start the clock again? Are they going to go veteran? What do you think the rest of the league is thinking right now, Brett Feach?
2: Well, I mean, that's a great question. I, I certainly think that the natural inclination would be to, to draft and extend it. You know, I, I think it. there is that challenge of, you know, roster construction and, and, and being right on draft and being right on your free agency takes a little bit of, of luck in regards to players staying healthy and the amount of picks you have in certain years and how you're able to um, to work these contracts out. Certainly, you know, we had a great relationship with, with Pat and his agent, and it was important for us, um, you know, to get this deal done, but to also add flexibility so that we could, A, take care of him and pay him the way he needs to be paid, but also, B, provide that flexibility so that we can continually add talent and, and, and have that roster maneuverability. So I think uh, the natural inclination would be to, to draft and extend with some flexibility you know, within that extension. Uh, it, it's tough. I, I think that's the dream scenario. Uh, it's certainly very hard. Uh, there's a lot of things that come into play, but I think if you ask any GM, I think that their goal would be to draft one and by the third or fourth year extend them um, with some flexibility built in there so they can continue to add talent um it just all, doesn't always work out that way so i think we real we realize here that um you know we certainly have a special setup and we're very thankful and grateful for that
1: yeah i mean you're the only one who's been able to do it Brett. Uh, honestly i mean you know I, I guess russell might be one um but he you know he, he just got drafted the year after this all started with the new uh collective bargaining agreement i guess mean, so russell was able to do that they've gone on their second contract but so few teams have been able to do what you're what you're doing. I mean, that's the ultimate gold rush that you've done right here. All, unless, you know, you can pick up a 43-year-old quarterback who plays the way <laughs> that Brady does. That's just such an anomaly. Do, do you think, though, that we will see one day a team draft one and then, like college, let him graduate and then start the clock again? Do you ever think we will see something like that in the NFL in, say, the next 10 years now that we have a new CBA on that front?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess you could, but I mean, it's hard because everything has to line up. So I guess your question is you get a quarterback, you let it play out, and then you draft another one. Well, I mean, where are you picking? How many quarterbacks are available in the draft? Are are you picking, uh, I mean, certainly you don't want to be picking in the top 10 every year because you're not very good, and that would mean the quarterback didn't play very good. So it's one of those fine lines where if you have success with a rookie quarterback on his rookie deal, you're picking 30, 31. Well, how many? true surefire plug-and-play starters do you think you know, are, you're know you're going to have access to? Right. So then if you do let them go and you're picking 31, I mean, who are you going to get there at 31? So it's a fine line, and it, it's, it's tricky. Now, if all of a sudden years from now down the line there's this influx of eight, nine, ten quarterbacks going year after year, I, I, that's possible. I just think that it's very hard to land one of these guys and teams that get stuck in, in purgatory so to speak, are teams that have quarterbacks that are just good enough and they're picking 19 or 20 and the quarterbacks are going in the top 10 and they're kind of like the guy's okay but they want to get better and it's just hard. So you, It's kind of like a dog chasing its tail. So I, I just think that it's extremely difficult and hard to predict who will be available to you if you let someone with a lot of talent go.
1: So I guess your challenge is, is to, with the cost certainty that you have relatively with your quarterback with that long-term deal, is to figure out when the other dynamic players that you have on your team are up so you can pay them and keep them, assuming the cap does go up. That's essentially what your your balance sheet looks like for the Chiefs. Yeah, here, yeah, that's, right that's now that's
2: for you. A, Yeah, that's a fair assessment. And you know, you're 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 certainly, you know, once getting the the quarterback and having him, you know, young quarterback, franchise quarterback, having him locked away, it it just allows a lot of flexibility because you know the quarterback obviously is, is the ultimate band-aid, and he makes receivers look good and linemen look good and, and defenses stay off the field. So, you know, you have a sense of you can attack the way you want to construct this in a little bit more of a creative way, um, but certainly you're always going to want to protect him. And I think we, we all saw that this offseason, what we did with our offensive line, and, and we dedicated a ton of resources to that. But I think once you have that guy and you protect him, I think you know some of the other aspects of Ross building you can have a little bit more creativity with. That's
1: right. And in terms of that line also, just to wrap it up with you, Brett Veach, Kyle Long, yeah. you got him back out of retirement, and I'm assuming Dr. Duvernay Tardif returns in 2021
2: for you? Yeah, that's correct. You know, both Kyle and, and LDT, and, and we drafted uh, um, uh, Lucas Niang uh, from TCU last year, a kid we had high hopes for. He opted out last year. So both Larry and, and Lucas returned from, um, you know, from, from sitting out last year uh kyle's back and i'll tell you what i know you guys all know kyle man he is a ball of energy he is in the building at 6 a.m and i think when i leave at five o'clock at night he's still in the building and um he is fired up ready to go he's in phenomenal shape um you know and then throwing him in the mix with joe tooney orlando brown and then creed humphrey the rookie we drafted from Oklahoma. i think it's going to be really exciting a lot of competition and i know that pat's going to Going to feel well-protected this year back in the pocket.
1: Brett, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, good luck uh, with the rest of the schedule that I'll find out later on with America, unless I see it on Twitter first. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Just,
2: just shoot Eric the text, and you'll be well
1: taken care of. At Eric Stone Street. I'll do that. Thanks, Brett. Yep. Appreciate it. You'll you be go, well. Bye. Take, Take care. care. That's Brett Veach, general manager. I just wanted to you know, hit him up right there. That's the conversation we've been having with all of our draft experts and, and uh, analysts about what type of quarterback do you want, what do you want to do, our our, um, one of our uh, diehard listeners, Jeff in Detroit, saying at the barber shop, they're talking about, you know, quarterback over 33, quarterback under 33, right? And then I told him that you can't really figure out which one it is can win in the NFL when there's one quarterback over 43 who's just making it all a moot point. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to talk to Brett Veach about that. We'll, unta- we'll pull on that string a little bit after we take this break. Your phone calls at 844 204 The Association with Kendrick Perkins, coming up. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
3: Summertime. I've got this big gig on Broadway coming up, and I thought you do. Got to hang out with my family. Got to, you know. So they invite me out to do certain sporting events. Throw the first pitch in, in a ball game. Where are you doing that? Did that in Akron, Ohio. Did a good, pretty good pitch. Then I went to Frederick, Maryland. Okay. Frederick Keys. Frederick Keys. And they Maryland. made these bobbleheads, of which this is one of. Oh my God! Know, a
1: Shooter McGavin bobblehead. Shooter head. McGavin bobblehead. Yes. <laughs> so guys, awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll be, Here it is. Here it is. We'll have to place this in a in a. Very special spot here. It's pretty funny. He's got the guns out, double <laughs> barrels, <laughs> leaning on his putter. It's pretty funny. Isn't this amazing? Did you realize when you were doing that Happy Gilmore that that would be something that would stick with you for the rest of your no
3: career? No idea. I don't think anybody knows when they make a movie if it's gonna get you know, have legs like this. But this is almost generational now. It's because of the beauty of television. When it first came out, it was a moderate hit, but now, right? People love it and quote it. But it's neat
1: that funny. you you own it, right? I mean, you've got a. I just read everything that's going on, in your you got a hit. You're on a hit TV show on HBO. I mean, that Broadway revival of The Front Page. It's gonna be massive. Holy yeah. smokes! Yeah. But you, you, you own this Shooter McGavin thing. Some other actors, I think, might not do that. Um, for- well, yeah, I,
3: I, I enjoyed the movie. I was a joy working with Adam and, and Dennis Dugan. And these wonderful writers and. You know. It's just Judd Apatow was a co-writer, and these guys are they you know comedy gold. So right. to be with them and to have this movie last as long as it has, it's opened a lot of doors up for me, you know, personally and sure, and then professionally. So it's just been a gas. And did you come up with the 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 shooting? Yeah, I had no idea why they called him shooter. Nobody told me anything, so I just started making putts and going shoot <laughs> but the, <laughs> So But that was your, that was yeah, your call. That was my call. And that, and the very funny thing about this movie, I've told this story, but I, forgive me if I've told you before. It's but okay, go for end it. End of the movie you know how I hate in a golf movie where they cut to the hole and the ball rolls in I want to say could you please let me make it it's about a 32 footer mm-hmm. and it's not, on a, it's not on a golf green it's on a botanical garden so they, he, <laughs> he told me he'd give me like seven tries and that's try five and I lifted it out twice but people were betting the crew was going damn it! Can I do this and so you see who your friend is and when, nice. I put, when I put that baby in there and I did it choke on that baby and I just you know, did that whole shooter shimmy thing again. <laughs> that's the one they left in the movie and it's so freaking
1: so <laughs> <epic and> wrong <laughs> fantastic <laughs> choke on that baby <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I love stories like that that you lines that we talk about for years and years and years were just made up
2: on the spot. they're made
1: up and then folks like Adam Sandler are like we're keeping that Joke on that baby. Fantastic. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Kendrick Perkins will be joining us from ESPN next hour. Chris Jericho, our number three, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Look, you know, uh, we just had the Kansas City Chiefs general manager, Brett Veach, on. And the number of times, Chris, right, that we talked about leading up to the draft about a rookie quarterback, and then what do you do – to you know with your Carolina you just traded for one that washed out somewhere yep. because of the various circumstances that will lend to an excellent week one matchup between Carolina's Sam Donald and Zach Wilson's New York Jets and uh do you still pick up the fifth year option on him, or do you draft another rookie quarterback do you keep the clock starting once again hey John Harbaugh you're gonna pick up Lamar Jackson's fifth-year option? Or are you going to do what Bucky Brooks, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, says that you're? maybe you'll be the first team to let your first-round choice quarterback who wins an MVP award and is dynamic graduate rather than pay him a nine-figure salary that will be required of you after you pick up his fifth-year option? Or will you just maybe utilize your draft position to go and trade up and get Mac Jones and start again? Trade up and get Justin Fields and start again? Will a team ever do that? Or will you do what the Lions did, which is take somebody else's signed to a second contract quarterback who they don't feel fits there anymore, where they were drafted first overall. You take that guy and his big, huge contract and other draft choices because that's what you can get from another team because you're taking on that huge contract of a player that they say, you know, we, we, we didn't like that second contract anymore based on, wait, first time around, that, that result we could deal with because we can build. But at this point, we say we're done with Jared Goff. Let's hit. Let's send him out. And then we'll take your first round drafted, first overall drafted quarterback that didn't work out there for 10 years, but we think is still viable and better than our first overall drafted quarterback. Let's swap him. Brett Veach mentioned Eric Fisher, the protector for so many years in Kansas City of the blind side of their quarterbacks, he's going to be now in Indianapolis protecting Carson Wentz. Because the Eagles said we we made a mistake too. We don't want that second contract on our roster anymore. We're not going to get the same capital that we get back from, you know, the Colts that the, Ram, the, the Lions got from the Rams because we're, you know, Wentz isn't Stafford. As a matter of fact, we're not even taking a quarterback back. We just want the draft capital because we want to maybe choose another quarterback next year's draft. How do you do it? You put the pieces together. How do you do it? That's why I asked Brett Veach because he doesn't have to worry about this. He's out of that game for at least a decade. I mean, what other question you need to ask him about Pat Mahomes other than how's he feeling? And I went like old school. Like, tell me when you realize he was special. What's the other question? Hey, Brett, 10 years from now, are you going to give him a heads up when you draft his replacement? (laughs) You know, when he's turning 35, 36, when he's 16 years in the organization, at least wouldn't you give him a heads up when you draft his replacement? cuz that's the next thing down the road for him is like yeah, them, you know yeah. and there will be a contract renegotiation so he can play till he's 41 42 and be the next brady if he can be that's that's the g- yellow brick road in front of Brett Veach when you hit on the quarterback and that's why he's saying that will still be the way to go draft your guy try and win with him while he's still inexpensive then know that he's worthy of that big fat contract yeah and use that sort of cost certainty for such a long period of time to re-sign the guys that you also draft that are worthy of being kept like Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and an offensive line that they let unfortunately stick around to the point where I guess you didn't know that Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz were going to go out in back-to-back weeks of the playoffs. Because I'd imagine his answer would be Super Bowl double nickel would have been a lot different if the two guys on the end of our offensive line were healthy, just like they were for snap after snap after snap before everything snapped at the worst possible time. But they looked at it. They saw Super Bowl 55 where Mahomes' next-gen stats running laterally were much more than his passing yards vertically. And they're like, we got to deal with this. They totally revamped it, and here we go. Certainly we got Joey Bosa twice a a year, Von Miller twice a year coming back from an injury. And first up is going to be Clowney and Miles Garrett. And, you know, the Browns can lay, lay a big marker down on the NFL in 2021 right off the bat if Baker goes into the heartland of the country where he's comfortable playing, as we all know, and he just goes and... Plants the Browns' flag right in the middle of Arrowhead. And and Chubb and Kareem Hunt, former chief, for good reason, runs all over him. The Browns have an opportunity to basically say, okay, two-time defending AFC champs. New game in town. Odell just went up top on you. He's back too. I can't wait for that week one game because the Browns are building in the way that reach says that the rest of the league wants to build. Draft him first overall, try and win with him in the first contract, figure out he's worth the second. Hour two coming up.
0: Yeah, so I just put that up as a poll, Rich, actually. What's the best week one Sunday matchup? We can all assume that Bucks cowboys is the best matchup of the week, but what's the best Sunday matchup? What are your four choices, sir? Steelers at Bills. Oh,
1: that's a good one, man.
0: Seahawks at Colts. I want to see what this Colts team looks like. Browns at Chiefs, Packers at Saints.
1: Okay. Go to at Rich Eisen show and vote right now. I'll hit that with the old retweet.
0: I mean, there are four other good matchups too. Those just kind well, of, later on is
1: stuck out. To me. Later on in the show, uh, I'm going to do a um, already under the radar week one game. Oh, I love it. And one of them is going to be the one that you kind of went higher register on right there. Which ones you go higher register on?
0: Well, I was looking at, um, you know, which one you that, went, can you can don't realize you were, did there. you not realize you went higher register? Well, on I one? was looking at the the
1: Vikings. You're like, here are the ones that I got. Yeah, here are the ones that I got. I got the four. I got Bill Steelers. You know, you went like you were voicing over the commercial for like, it. I was
0: like, really? Bills,
1: Steelers, coming up next. <laughs> well, on I, I wasn't going like full ESPN. You know, no, <laughs> the old, the old, the old guy forward. doing Sports Center, brought to you by my 15 packs of cigarettes. <laughs> so, I used to do that all the time on SportsCenter. Center. I don't think they liked it. Coming up next, Don.
0: Can you put the schedule back up so, there so I could see it?
1: So. You, 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 I was looking
0: at the Vikings, Bengals.
1: No, 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 no. I you, you, know. you, went because you, you mentioned Browns and the the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Packers and the Saints. Then you went Seahawks and Colts. I'm going to see what you know that you went uh, you went higher register on them, which already makes me feel like I chose a right choice for under the radar week one.
0: Well, there was all kinds of questions about the Seahawks and Rust. Does he no, want to leave? Is no one to leave? No, dude. And, that's a that's... and what are the Colts going to look like? I'm really into that. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's going to get swept under a a, a little preview. That's going to get swept under a lot of Week One marquee rug. Certainly with the New York media market.
0: Well, I know everyone's going to be into Jets Jets and Panthers. You know, Darnold revenge game. Of course,
1: I get it. it. Of course,
0: you know. If you guys get boat raced, how quickly are you going to hit the? (laughs) (laughs) Be honest. Just one game, Rich. It's Dude, just, it's just one it. game. Stop it. Otherwise, Kendrick
1: Perkins is going to tell you where you can go stick it. Look at Perk's beard. Perk's coming up.